OTBGAA. I think it has become a little bit sanitized. You need somebody to bring a bit of color and wit and enthusiasm. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTBGAA. The Football Pod on Off The Ball. In partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there and you're very welcome along to episode 21 of the Football Pod with myself, Tommy, James O'Donoghue and Paddy Andrews. Paddy, you had the big brolly out in Salt Hill on Saturday afternoon. Yourself, Michael Meehan and Gronje got soaked on the side of the pitch. Did you enjoy the game? No. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. Computer says no. The other way, uh, any time we've all been at South Hill, no matter what time of year, there's a gale force wind. You're basically about 10 metres from the Atlantic and you're just trying to stay on your feet for the whole thing. But there was no wind on Saturday for the first time in all my years going there, but instead the wind was replaced by an absolute monsoon. So about 10 minutes before throwing, we were watching obviously, because we were covering the... The Kerry Mayo game was a bit gutted, it wasn't at Killarney now, I have to say. It was beautiful but, uh, day. So much down there, beautiful setting. And came back to us after that game, and 10 minutes before throw-in, a few drizzle, drops of rain started coming down, and then a deluge from then until about an hour after the match. The entire <laughs> game. I cannot emphasise how bad the conditions were. Uh, and what it was, I was looking forward to that game. It would be a really good game. Then there's to send it off, which kind of... Ruined it a bit as well, but conditions were diabolical. So coming out of Salt Hill, it was a a disappointing Saturday. Showbiz, Paddy. James. Sure, showbiz. We had the weather. We certainly got a performance from Mayo, which we're going to get stuck <laughs> into. You were not a happy camper uh, leaving Killarney. You bounced in. I actually got a good photo of you. I didn't actually put it up, but um, Jimmy was, was rocking over to the press box. And uh, I, we had a great view. You know, we were on the far side. And I looked down. He was surrounded by four guards. They come over to have a chat with him before he come up to the ah, press box. Politician there. Some Kissing of the babies on the way in and everything. Yeah. Do you enjoy the day? <laughs> King of Killarney. You missed so I was actually stopped about 50 metres back. They were trying not to let me into the press box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have you a press pass? I was like, I, I don't. We don't do press passes. Well, then you're not coming in here, mate. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a serious day. Great weather. Um, great atmosphere and tone. Killarney mm. needed a big game because we haven't had a big game with Killarney since the Munster final a couple of years ago and before that, the Mayo game in 19. So, right. like, Killarney needed a big game. There should be a couple more games in Killarney during the summer, but the tone was just hopping. Everyone was in good form, but then obviously the football, from a Kerry point of view, didn't live up to the hype, but it was definitely a day that you'd say, this is Mayo's day, you know, don't, don't put it down to Kerry being bad or whatever, just celebrate Mayo being... Yeah. Being excellent in the championship after what after a long break. What was you tell Jimmy? Like, what was uh, where was everyone beforehand? Down the main street, or where was everyone having a few pints? Yeah. So, do you know? You know, in Killarney, you got you got College Street and you've Plunkett yeah. Street. That's where everyone gathers. So you've got Scots, and Scots has its own kind of street. Yeah. Where all the the young crowd kind of go. They have they have big it's screens. All for the it's all closed off. For no, it's stadium. all open. It's all open, all open. So you've got Scots, then you've got the Falta, you've got Jimmy Bryan's, Dan Linhans, just people outside the bars everywhere. All our two hours before the game. But 
it, well, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the Cork, the Cork road, when they used to come down, like they get off the trains, they come from Cork on the train and they would pack the places out at half, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. Savage. So, you know, you kind of missed that because Cork obviously haven't, haven't well, been, been any good in the last couple of years. So Mayo brought a bit of that. It could be a great feature of these round-robin games over the next couple of years that we'll get to see. And the way that it's fallen now for Kerry, if they win their last two games and if the group goes the way you'd expect it, they could get another home game in Killarney yet. I happened to be in Ennis on Sunday. It was an unbelievable weekend of sport, lads. There was 20,000 yeah. in Ennis and uh, the town was hopping afterwards. Had to stay in for a couple of pint bottles on Sunday around the town. It was well worth it. Enjoyable. You look a bit rattled there today too. Yeah? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit worse for wear. On Saturday afternoon, obviously Katie Taylor was in Dublin. She had her fight, the Champions Cup final as well. We Bad day for Dublin. But Bad an unbelievable comeback from La Rochelle and Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this because um, Brian O'Driscoll was speaking about it afterwards. Two colleagues of ours and off the ball, Brian O'Driscoll and Ronan O'Gara. And Football he said about fans. Both. Yes, exactly, football pod fans. Said um, afterwards about Ronan Nagara, he was a very talented player himself, but that doesn't always convert to being a coach. Understanding yeah. how to read a room, to know when to say the right thing at the right time, to be distant enough with your players to create a culture and get a group together, a winning culture and a winning environment, and to put out players that are holding you back and bringing in ones that will add value. Like Ronan Nagara after the game, you know, it just his ability to be able to deal with the media, his ability to be able to... Um, invigorate his group when they're down at half time and say the right things there's something special there um, that's brewing with a with a coach of that quality would you be impressed looking on Paddy with Raj mm. uh, yeah incredible like what he's done um, his love affair with the Heineken Cup carries on um, I was disappointed obviously be, I would follow Leinster a bit obviously uh, hometown team Um but for the way they turned it around, and, and you're right, the, the way he engages with the media, very few coaches, we said it a couple of weeks ago, every GA manager that, that we speak to over the next two months is going to be blatantly lying to our faces. <laughs> Don't trust the word they're saying, they're full of shit. But O'Gara is, he's just, he's so engaging, like, and it's not an act, you know, it's not like one week he's, he's all action and the next week he's really reserved. He's just brutally honest all the time. And you can see the reaction, and we've all played in teams, lads, where there's just an atmosphere where the coach, the manager, your selectors, you do anything for them. like. And every single team O'Gara seems to have been involved in, he has that connection with his players. And you can see it at the weekend as well. As hard as it was for Leinster fans looking on, his his comments after the game, just how he gets that team going, because it was a lost cause nearly. But... He gives such insight. That's why he's brilliant in the, the analysis he does on, on TV as well when he's covering Ireland games and stuff. But what he's done so far in his career, and he's an open ticket now, doesn't he, boys? Like, like yeah. anyone, any team in the world would pay big coin to have Raj managing him, 100%. <laughs> so Saturday was just the latest one of them again. Uh, gets under the skin of his opponents, but sure, that's part of it. And his teams... but. You absolutely love him. And he gets results, boys. Yeah. He gets results. That is the bottom line. And when you're a coach, if he's doing that, which he has done over the last four or five years, incredible stuff. I thought the way he talked about family afterwards, and I know he walked around with his mum afterwards and he spoke about how important it was to have her there. But even the rest of the lads, they had a map in the dressing room. And yeah, he asked them, if you're going up Everest, you know, who do you want with you? What photo are you bringing with you? Who are you bringing with you? And just fostering that. And you spoke about it before, Paddy. Uh, how close you knew each other in the Dublin dressing room and mm. how close you were together. 
and I'm sure that went so far towards driving you towards your five in a row. Leinster's drive for five, that fifth star, has just fallen short again and again. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you'd be thinking looking at that Leinster dressing room and, and coming back the year afterwards. It's a, it's a tough one. That's two in a row that they've fallen short at. It's a hard gig, isn't it? Like we were fortunate with our crew, we, we never lost a final. Um, which were look, don't know that that hurt and what goes with it. But for those Lancer lads, it's it's a couple of times now. It's not. Yeah. It's Mayo esque. <laughs> James, know, well, this is my really clunky segue into Mayo, James, and what Kevin McStay seems to be developing down there. I don't know if he's getting the credit that he deserves. Division one champions. They obviously went out a week later and lost to Roscommon. Six weeks later, nobody knew what to expect. Yeah. By God, did I, we I, learn very quickly that they were going to eat Kerry alive on, on Saturday. I think that a good manager doesn't want the credit. Do you know? Like, he, he's definitely not seeking anything like that, which is a good sign. But we actually had Ron Nogara in to talk to us, and we were with Kerry. We were down at Johnson yeah, House. On, he um, likes the Kerry footballers, believe it or not. On a training camp. He Cork does. Man. Cork hurlers and Kerry footballers, I believe, which is an odd mix. <laughs> yeah, he called in, did he? He called in for a chat. It was actually, it was brilliant. Like, he was, he was nervous. Like, you know, he didn't come in and be bold and brash and show his big ego or anything. He came in, he was humble, nervous, was almost intimidated by Morris Fitzgerald, who was selector at the time, which was funny. Um, and, like, he didn't even really want to lecture us. He just said, look, I'll open the floor for questions. I'll give you an insight into the Munster dressing room or the Irish camp or whatever you want. But you could just tell that he wasn't full of himself or he didn't mm. he didn't impose anything on you. He just said, look, I don't really know what you want to hear. Just fire questions <laughs> at me and I'll be as honest as you can. Which was, it was refreshing. Like, you know, it wasn't... Anything to with you? Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff like the um, pure rugby stuff, you know, about like, like that who do you want in the trenches with you and how they built a bond together and... Then we went into set pieces. He was obviously massive on set pieces because that's a rugby thing and planned plays and he was really throwing ideas at us by the end. You know, it was just a very really? open conversation. Yeah, but uh, it was a good while ago. No, I can't remember. If I sat down and thought about it, I'd probably remember a few things. Yeah. But no, he was brilliant. We came out going, he's the business. He knows what he's at, you know, which is a yeah. good sign. Well, if it comes to you during the chat, throw it at us later on. But uh, that's interesting. <laughs> but um, you know, when we're talking shy here in the corners and you think of Rod's stories. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to Mayo and the manner in which... So, James, we spoke about the game for 15 minutes afterwards. I caught up with Jack O'Connor and Kevin McStay as well. And Jack wasn't happy, I suppose, with the amount of contact that Kerry got on, the the fact that they couldn't get to the physical level that Mayo set. Were yeah. you surprised that Mayo brought that after six weeks away? Because I don't think anyone really knew what to expect because we don't know what this template well, is like. Well, I think we actually said it on the pod last week that all that Mayo had to bring was physicality, aggression, fitness after training block because they weren't going to to be that sharp skills-wise. Now, it turned out they were a lot further along skills-wise than we probably thought, but they brought the physicality from the off. And I don't know why Kerry kind of fell into the trap of of not bringing it, I suppose. Look, there, we know they were focusing on maybe getting goals and patterns of play and things like that, and maybe they just took their eye off the ball in terms of that physicality piece, but it's going to be right on Jack O'Connor's radar now. Um, because if they don't bring it against against a Cork or, or a Loud, they're going to be in trouble. But the thing is, Kerry would have had... Mayo now have kind of a, a nice run into the 
mm. into the quarterfinals and they'll even get a favourable quarterfinal. Kerry now, if they come second in the group, and that's being hopeful that they're beating the other two teams that come second in the group, they're going to play a very tough prelim game and go into a very tough quarterfinal if they win that against a winner of another group. So this path for Kerry now becomes very difficult. They're going to have to beat probably four, definitely three of the other best teams to win it. And that's going to be no easy task considering the timeline they have. Mm. Paddy, what did you think watching on? I couldn't really believe it. Um, I, like uh, We spoke about this. We expected Mayo to come out like an absolute train. Anyway, we were talking about it's a unique situation. No team has ever been in a, in a position like this where they have five or six weeks off in the middle of a championship campaign, and it was kind of there was, there was that element of the unknown. But you knew for Mayo, we put ourselves as players in their shoes. If you're you've a really bad performance, losing to an underdog in Roscommon the first day, and then you have to wait five six weeks to put it right, and you're watching the championships go on around you, and you're just mad to get back out on the pitch. So for Mayo, the one thing that was absolutely guaranteed from them is the first quarter they're going to come out like a house on fire. Um, and they did. And the surprising thing and the question mark, and we spoke about this on air before the game, um, is what, what were Kerry going to be like intensity-wise? They have been cruising for the entire season. And that's we, we expected that in the National League from them, that they, they were going to win their home games. They weren't really going to pay too much attention to it and just make sure they stay in Division 1, which is fine. They did that. They cruised through the Munster Championship because the Munster Championship's not really in any way testing them. That's fine. But were they going to be ready for a massive step up in intensity is what, uh, what Mayor were going to bring? And the answer was an emphatic no across the board. I couldn't believe how bad Kerry were for the entire 70 minutes. Um, like Mayo should have won this game by more lads. Mm-hmm. Shane Ryan has a spectacular game in goal. Mayo kind of, they're classic shooting themselves in the foot. They just get through on goal and try and hit the ball as hard as they can. Um, that clinical edge is still missing. They could have had four goals. But in terms of their running power, their directness of their play, Maddie Ruan, O'Connor, Owen McLaughlin comes on and gets the goal. They were just running through Kerry at will. And that's the most disappointing thing for, for Jack O'Connor. He said it himself after the game. It was so obvious. It's it was Kerry just weren't at the pitch fit, and it wasn't just it was like an attitude thing that Mayor were just overrunning them. But it was also even Kerry's skills. It was like bad handling, bad kick passing, things you would never associate with Kerry. And when you start seeing those things, and this is in the first half, so it wasn't necessarily they were fatigued or anything. It was just. Mentally, they just were not at the races for that game, um, which is so surprising because if you're a Kerry player in that regard, like Jimmy, if you're in that dressing room, you're thinking, this is our first massive game, a sellout in Fitzgerald Stadium, and you like playing Mayo. <laughs> you know, Mayo is a game that just gets the blood going, so you expected some sort of reaction from Kerry, but from the first whistle, like Mayo needs to go a goal from the throw-up. Ryan has done it short free. It's like... They were just not at the races across the board. The only people in the Kerry team that come out with a bit of credit is Clifford, was obviously incredible as he is. He's obviously going to do that. And like I say, Shane Ryan in goal. Other than that, I think Kerry were beat, well beaten all over the pitch. And that's the... Jeez, it'll be a hard spot. Like that review, whether they're doing it tonight or, or tomorrow evening. Uh, Jack O'Connor. I mean, you could have 100 clips showing guys go, what is the story here? And I don't like questioning a team's uh, attitude or mentality because we're not in, in there. But mm. from the outside looking in, 
it was like they were just not ready for that game. You've been there before after winning in All-Ireland and, mm. you know, maybe starting late uh, your preparation for the following year or, you know, having a Leinster campaign that you you might cruise through before you really get to the business end of it. We've obviously never seen a format like this before where Kerry will realistically get into the preliminary round of the quarterfinals. Is it possible to switch it on this far into the summer? Michael Murphy brought this point up and he was questioning it big time that the the Kerry personnel is, is basically the same. That's the same players that, that have won the All-Ireland last year and been in the trenches the last couple of years. We would have made a note with Dublin. The following year we won an All-Ireland. There was always three or four changes to the team. We had the luxury, we had that depth of panel that whether we were playing pretty easy Leinster Championship matches, and that was the reality of it. We were under pressure to perform because someone else was going to take our spot. That was the, the benefit we had. We had kind of 25 guys who were playing, who could all play in the team. Uh, and for Kerry, you're looking at it there, it's the same team that won the All-Ireland last year. You know, and that's, you could say that's a positive because we've got real consistency, consistency and selection. The guys know each other's patterns of play, things like that. But there's an edge there that Kerry just did not seem to have. That you're thinking, like Jack Barry and Dermot O'Connor are kind of wiped at midfield. Yeah. Smithy Foley struggles. Tom Sullivan struggles. Who's taking their places? You, you know, whether you like it or not, those, that, that's pretty much going to be the team that plays the next day for Kerry as well. And that's a dangerous situation to be in where you only know if a team is hungry or you only know if they have an edge when it, when it happens on the day. You can do, oh, we're training hard, we're doing all this, we're, our preparation is good. You get your feedback on the pitch. And for Kerry, for their first, their first test of 2023 was Saturday. And it was a miserable failure. But yeah. what, that's, what, what does Jack O'Connor do? Does he, does he drop a tenet of well, For him? James, for, who does he bring in? James, we saw the depth that Mayo brought in off the bench. We'll come back to that later. But on Paddy's point there about Kerry, like, you're looking at Kenny's plan is out injured at the minute. Um, on the bench, they had Brino Bioglik, Adrian Spillane, who made a difference when he came in, Paul Murphy, who made a difference when he came in at halftime, uh, Mike Breen, who did well early last year as a defender, but was out injured then after that. Um, they have O'Brien on the bench like are we going to see wholesale changes from Kerry or what do you think I don't think I don't think we will I don't think it's Jack's style um, he is the type of manager that is consistent with team selection over a couple of years even he never really will change that much that said I think this year they did try and put a bit of fresh blood into the team they brought in um, Darrell Roach, you know they brought in Dylan Casey. You know they've made they've made a couple of efforts, even around midfield, to put in Joe Connor did his cruciate. They've they, they kind of had, were a bit unlucky then with with a couple of injuries. So they did probably try and freshen it up, but no, they have what they have. I don't think the Kerry can afford to make wholesale changes because realistically the quality isn't as high as what he has on the field. I mean, it's easy to say make changes, but you have to make sure that you're improving the team yeah. when you do that. Yeah. So. I, I, are you, I are think you worried? I've definitely yeah. lost a bit of optimism that I had. About going up to that game against Mayo in, in the stadium, I was like, right, home game for Kerry. Beautiful day. 23,000 people. Yeah. First big game of the year. This is where we see Kerry play a bit of football, score a couple of goals, excite the crowd, play well and kick on but it was just so flat and disappointing that I think everyone today in Kerry is kind of thinking 
this seems like a very high mountain decline to win all Ireland this year when you look at the the path they're after going down now. Uh, uh, what was the atmosphere like in the ground? Because we, we were obviously watching it. We were, we were up in Salt Hill and we were expecting fireworks. So Kerry Mayo, what a rivalry over the last number of years. Beautiful day, like say, full house. It just seemed really flat well, across the board. Was that? Put it this way. When David Clifford started to go realistically ballistic in the third quarter and he kicked a couple of worldies yeah. and he nearly forced the goal, the Kerry crowd got going. James, that was the only time I really felt like, mm. oh, there's a chance here that Kerry can pull something off. I don't know what the you only other The only other massive reaction from the crowd was that nervy groan when everyone realised we're in trouble here. Do you know <laughs> that? And, and it kind of, it seeped through the stadium going, Mayo could have had four or five goals there. Like, we're hanging on. And fair enough, the, the crowd got behind Kerry when they, when they started launching the, the attacks and having the few goal chances. But they wanted the action in the first half. They, they wanted the physicality. They wanted to, to cheer something on. It, the same happened in a couple of National League games this year where the crowd were ready, like in Tralee for the Armagh game and in Tralee yeah. for uh, the Roscommon game. The crowd were there, big numbers. It was like, right, let's see it now. And they were excited. And then within 10 minutes, it, w- it was just reduced optimism. So uh, Kerry will have another game in, in Killarney, hopefully, where they can redeem themselves. But it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit subdued in Clarny this yeah, week. You, you get the, but, but the, the thing from our side, looking in from, from outside of Kerry, you're just looking down. It was like they're still, their 15 players are unbelievably high quality. There's a little bit of a question mark over the depth. I agree with you, Jimmy, that, okay, if Jack even wanted to change five or six lads, he's, he's probably finding it difficult to do that with, 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 this, with the panel quality there. But it was just an energy. It was just completely lacking. Completely lacking all over the pitch. Like, there's one thing you know when you're playing Mayo, they are going to run at you. You need to tag runners. We used to play Mayo, and for three weeks leading up to the game, it was like, all we did in training, tag runners. They're going to come at you from everywhere. Their backs are going to go, their half-backs are going to go, the midfielders are going to sprint. You are going to work your backside off. And that's just the start. Before you even get into wider tactics or skills, it was they're going to ask you that question. And for Kerry, would absolutely would have known that. But it was just in waves coming through. There were so many overlaps. And you're thinking, where, where's all this coming from? And it was mm-hmm. Colin Reeves kickouts, Mayo's yeah. breaking up the wings, Kerry couldn't get a hand on it. It was just... It was Kerry playing in third gear like they have done all year and they've kind of been able to do that but they weren't able to, to get a rise out of it. And even second half, you're thinking Jack has obviously given them an absolute bollocking at half time here. They're going to come out. Maybe it was a little bit better for, for the third quarter but, but, but from what Kerry, you expect from Kerry is the All-Ireland Champions is one of the favourites to win this thing. Uh, that was just... Like how many players would you give more than a five out of ten to? Yeah, they they didn't play well individually, but like from looking at it, there were so many opportunities for them to kick the ball. Mayo did the high press. They yeah. they they still did not go with men behind the ball. They went at tackling Kerry high up the field, and it gave Kerry chances to kick the ball. But they turned down the kick, or maybe it was poorly executed, or it was dropped yeah. on the other side. Like it, it was just disappointing because there was there was goals there for both teams, not just for Mayo. Like there was goal chances there for mm-hmm. Kerry. But if you look at the improvement in Mayo, and this is the thing, the main point I think that we have to focus on, Kerry gave Mayo a hiding in the league final last year, and they gave him a hiding in the quarter final of the All Ireland. 
And now look at the turnaround Mayo have done. One National League and come down to Clarny and turn Kerry over. Like they have done some serious work. James, we were sitting in the gantry and word came through to Paddy Durkin. We couldn't believe this. Was, what was a move by McVay. This and, is incredible. And Mullen and Keegan yeah. from last year were missing too. And we were like, what are the matchups going to be here? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking at that stage that that it could be nearly one-sided. I mean, how yeah. wrong I was. But, like, Durkin is such a huge loss. But the bench they brought in, they brought on McLaughlin, he got a goal. They brought on Durkin, he got a point. They brought on Tommy Conroy, he was buzzing Even around Cole. the best. They brought on Cohn. Like, and Hessian. And Hessian. Right. They brought on some serious what quality. A, what a move by McLaughlin. We were looking going, and we hear the changes at this before, like, 10 minutes before throwing, and it was like, we were we were literally, the tr- Murphy, me, and myself looking at who was going to pick this like the full back line, it was the first start for two or three of them. All you guys are thinking, this is going to be a bloodbath if Kerry get the ball inside. But it was, and and then we seen like Paddy Dirk was warming up and Stephen Cohen was warming up. They weren't injured. You know? Yeah, what is McStay playing at here? Like, and he just he backed and this is vintage Mayo and this is the balls they have. It's like these are young guys. They played in the national league. They're good enough. We're going to go man-to-man and we're going to deal with Clifford and we're going to deal with Sean O'Shea. And it's just a Mayo mentality, which they've always had through James Horan to Rochford to, to McStay now, of backing their defenders. And then to roll out the guys off the bench, McLaughlin, Durkin and these guys, they weren't injured at all. It was like, what a, a brave call, what a brave approach to take. Um, but they must have been carrying knocks. Like they wouldn't have, been, they wouldn't have dropped them. No, does not, he's not dropping Paddy Durkin and Stephen Cole. No. I, I think yeah. it's like, give the, back these guys for 40, 45 minutes and then finish strongly. This yeah. really going down, these are my bench players to finish the job. Um, and it'd be interesting, is this, are we going to see this from Mayo through the rest of the championship? Are other teams going to take this on? We've, we've all had super subs in our teams where, yeah, potentially he could start but we're going to hold them because we're going to get 20 minutes at the end where it's going to be electric. Um, well, I asked, asked McStay to do that. Ooh. I asked McStay afterwards, and I don't know whether maybe I phrased it wrong, but he laughed at me when I said, you've got the two games coming up. You've a really hungry squad that you've named. A lot of players in contention. Are you going to rotate a little bit and give starts to the likes of Tommy Conroy or, or Hessian? And he said, we'll be starting our best team every game. Like there'll be no taking the foot off the gas here, or you know. That's so. the party he's, line. He is going to he's lying. This other Italian, the managers are lying to your face. T. <laughs> he will definitely be rotating. But like, but those five fellas that came on won't be weakening the team by by playing. He could argue that that is playing the strongest team by yeah. playing those five. Yeah, and we couldn't argue. So like to go down, it was brave to put those fellas in the bench and, and line out in Clarny and play the way they did. But their full forward line was so yeah, physical, so this. aggressive, and just brilliant ball winners, and they caused Kerry so many problems. Yeah, and they yeah. cracked, they cracked Kerry's tactics. Like in fairness to Kearney, he was playing, he was playing centre forward. Tyg was dropping back, and he just picked up so much ball, and was it? They were able to feed the full forward line, who were out in front and winning it. It wasn't like it was going in and coming back out. They were physically able to hold off their man and win every ball. We got a great question in this week. Um, let me just find it here now. One second. I'll find it in a second. We, we did get a great question. You'll enjoy it. But that full forward line, we'll, let's talk about it for a minute. I questioned the matchup in the build-up of Dylan Casey and Aidan O'Shea and it didn't last very long. O'Shea, man of the match, really impressive in how confident I thought he looked mm. in everything he was doing. It's like 
he, he played out the field at times, but when he was in that side, that full forward line, knew exactly what he was doing. Played off the cuff with uh, the two lads inside him. Just played it simple, laid it off. He got three points, two frees and a mark. Ryan O'Donoghue kicked five points, three from play and two frees. And James Carr kicked three from play. They had ten from play in the first half. That's some going. It was, it was. <laughs> and it it came out of nowhere because you wouldn't say the Kerry's full back line was, was under that much pressure all year. They had a decent mm. defensive record, but they got 10 points, but there could have been three goals on top of that. It could have been some serious, some serious embarrassment there. But the one, and we said this after the game, the, the way they did it was they turned Kerry over high up the field and they didn't have to do a slow build-up. If you look at all the games this year, how many times has the ball just been hand-passed around midfield, laterally, hand-passed, slow attack, slow build-up? You're never going to cause a team that many yeah. problems like that. There was none of that. I think I saw the fist go up in the air, Dublin-style, once by Mayo, and it was when the game was over. It was like, right, let's calm down now, we'll, we'll manage it. But before that, it was just helter-skelter, get the ball in there as fast as we can, and it was, it was completely but, paying off. That, that's what suits them. Like, like yeah. the stage, there were stages in that third quarter in the second half where, where Mayo were, Kerry were dropping bodies back, which is unnatural for Kerry, but, and Mayo were trying to play keep ball and you have your head in your hands. Like, they, that does not suit no. Mayo. A measured, <laughs> kind of uh, precise attack is not their strength. But when it's open football, they are as good as anyone in the country. And that's what that first half was. It was so direct. Aidan O'Shea has carried on his form and I agree with you, Tommy. He looks so confident. He had such an impact on the game because he has total clarity in what he's being asked to do. Mm-hmm. He's not being asked to play inside and kick 10 points from play. He's not being asked to play five minutes there, five minutes out here, five minutes over there. It's, we're going to use you as a target man and, that's, and win the ball. And he does that so well and he is a handful for anyone trying to get out in front of him. And then he's got complementary forwards around him in... Ryan O'Donoghue, who was top class, one of the best forwards in the country. And James Carr, our mercurial friend, starts <laughs> off with dropping a ball short from inside the 21, <laughs> trying to break, trying to burst the football going for goal, hitting it straight at Shane Ryan. And we are groaning and looking at this going, this, you tear your hair out looking at this fella. And then he proceeds to kick three absolutely unbelievable points. Right foot, left foot. And even he's winding these up and you're like, that, <laughs> do not take that shot on. But he nails them, and he has that in the locker. And it's the same thing, and McStay deserves credit for this as well. He picked them in the first National League game and mm-hmm. played them every game. You're my man, I'm going to play you. And you well, get a confidence from that. And that, that they're connecting, there's, a, there's cohesion in Mayo's attack, and, but there's no doubt about it. And this is why you felt going into this game that this game would suit Mayo, because Kerry are going to play in the front foot. It's going to be an open game. I think Mayo's greatest challenge and those question marks around them are going to be against the team like Roscommon's approach where they frustrate them. Yeah. I see that as a major Achilles heel for them. And even glimpses of it at times when Kerry did it on, on Saturday, Mayo are, the ball just feels like it's a bit of a hot potato at times and they can get caught. But when it's open, they are so direct, so fast, kick passing. And why wouldn't you when you've got that forward line inside? I, I think that's fair. Just on James Carr, this is the question we got sent in on DM uh, on the Football Pod Instagram. Now, you may disagree with this, but lads, earlier in the year, you had a very interesting discussion around mercurial forwards, i.e. James Carr. Yesterday, Carr scored three super points in Kerry, but he spurned a couple of those great goal chances that he usually buried. I'm wondering if the lads would see more value in Carr kicking a reliable three points from play every week or coming up with a worldie. Um, what would you rather? 
three every week. Yeah, the, I think that was always my go. If I ever set a target as a forward, it was always three from play. Yeah. If you get three from play, you're 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 contributing seriously to your team. And if you get the goal, it's like it's a bonus. But he had two massive goal chances. He had the first one where they turned over Shawnee Shea and he came in and blasted. And then he had the other one where he was out in the right wing and took on, took on Dylan Casey, made it himself and got all the way in. Like, he could have had, he could have had two, three from playing the first half. So yeah. I think he's, he's, he's nearly graduating out of the mercurial. If he just composed himself yeah, in front of the goal. Mercurial, I know, but if he, if he, <laughs> there is a way out for him. I think if he composed himself in front of in front of goal and just used the side foot, Gooch used to say the best comment ever. There's a difference between yeah. blasting it and hitting it with power. You can still hit it with power with the side foot and know where it's going, but if you're blasting it, it could. Jim O'Connor did the same thing. He blasted. Yeah. He blasted. Everyone in the stadium knew where that was going. Every yeah. single, if he did yeah. put any bit of a disguise on it, he, he had more of a chance. So, so what was up by Gooch? That you can you can hit it hard but control it. Yeah, he said, don't go in and absolutely litter it. Yeah, you can hit it really hard with your side foot. Mm. Yeah, if, if you're going, if you're yeah. going fast and you side foot it pretty hard, it's a rocket. Yeah, honestly, yeah. try it and open your body side foot it. It'll go so fast the keeper probably won't save it. The second part of James's question was: If your half forward line like Kearney and Flynn are chipping in with a point or two, do you need someone? who's a bit more courier like a James Carr or a Tommy Conroy to bring the X Factor late on in the summer maybe so maybe so but I mean it, it does come down that was a game in Clarion that was wide open okay but say in All-Ireland semi-final or final you don't get four goal chances you're going no. to get one yeah. you're going to get one chance where you have to be so cold and clinical that you're able to take that chance and that, that's, that's, what you, that's what wins you the All-Ireland that's yeah. where we're going to get caught okay I still don't think they're going to win the All-Ireland. You don't? No, I still don't. I think that if you're going to win the final or the semi-final, you're going to win it by a point or two points. And and the games are going to be cagey. And I haven't seen evidence that Mayo can manage that situation yet. Okay. They take, and we said this all through the year, and I'm very complimentary Mayo, and they were brilliant on Saturday, but I think they will face challenges that don't suit that style of play. And I haven't seen them able to answer that yet and, and one thing I'd say just to finish on James Carr because he does massive credit uh, the mentality his first two plays he misses the goal chance and then he drops one short from inside the 21 and you're thinking as a forward you could be looking off your shoulder you could be thinking oh, I'm just going to lay the next one off but he backs himself and mm. that McStay deserves credit for creating an environment for him to have that mentality you're my boy I'm going to play you all the time and James Carr himself to carry on with that uh, and then go on and kick some of the points. The, like, the left foot only gets just before half time yeah. is incredible. I so put he the head down and marked the wide. I put the head down and marked yeah, the wide. Like, no, do not take that shot and it goes over. So fair play to him. But in terms of to win the All Ireland, would I rather have someone who's you might get something out of him or he's nailed on to kick three points from play? A court, three points from play. It's a massive, in tight games. And you're guaranteeing that. That's incredible. I was at Jimmy, we used to do little notes before I was playing, and I would say, try and get four shots and it's three scores. That means you're in the game. That, if you have that, if you have that in every game... That allows you to have one Hail Mary then. Exactly. You can, duff one, <laughs> you can duff one. But if, if you're getting four shots out from play, you are in the game. Yeah, yeah. You are impacting. You're winning the ball. You're taking people on. 
Um, so, yeah. But what you don't want is, what, what you're saying there, Tom, what could happen to a fella is when you miss one or two chances and then you're looking over your shoulder and you, you do yeah. hand pass off the next two or three. Like, you want the fella who's going to make 20 mistakes, obviously not make 20, but, and still want to do the right thing. And then you say, this fella's having a nightmare, take him off. Not he's gone into his shell. Do you know, like, I'd rather oh, fella have, leave everything out there and make the mistakes than, than take the easy way out. I suppose the contrast, and it just didn't fall from on the day, but like, there was a little bit of talk about Tony Brosnan coming into the game after the Munster final performance that he had. He has two wildish shots in the first half. He's probably unlucky with the wide. And he gets whipped at half time for Adrian Spillane. Now, Jack O'Connor could have taken off a couple of players to get Spillane in. He obviously wanted the aggression Spillane. But, you know, yeah. it, it can just fall for you like that. It is. And there's always, forever in the GA, there's been a case of, we'll take off the corner forward anyway if we're getting bit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I did feel sorry for Tony because he looked lively in the first couple of minutes. But just like what's happened, it actually happened to Paul Ganey in the All-Ireland final last year. He, he missed a couple of chances. He could have had three or four points, Paul Ganey, last year, and, and he yeah. came off at half-time. Same with Tony this year. He had two shots, and he would have been in the game in Killarney. He would have backed him to have a great game. But instead, Jack took him off. I, I was disappointed with that. As a, and then if you look at the opposite, how much love has McStay given to Aidan Shane, James Carr, yeah. and Ryan Runhoe? Like they feel a million, They feel a million dollars. Yeah. They're they feel so much love. Aiden Shake is walking on air at the moment. Like corner forwards and full forward line players are a different breed to the rest of the team. So are goalies. You've got goalies are, are the worst. Then full forward line players are just a bit all over the place. And then you've your really, in a good way, relax. And not not like be complacent or losing edge, but it allows you to just you've more clarity in your play. Yeah. And I had, there was a couple of times I'm I'm in Dublin I had this, but most of the time I was looking over my shoulder. Really? But, but, um, yeah, just because you, you know that there's, there's such quality there, you can just go, right, he's out. I got whipped off at half time in an all the final for Connolly. Like, I was kind of going, so what could I, there's nothing, I wasn't playing well, and it's Dermot Connolly, so, so that can happen. But it, in an, an environment, that's what I'm saying, McStay is created, where the forwards can relax and James Carr can go, okay, I've missed that, I've had a bad goal chance missed. But I know, the, I know the coach isn't taking me off. Yeah, I know that's so important. Then I can so important. And it's such a fine balance for a coach as well that you want you want to have competition across the board, which is so important, but just that balance between, particularly agree, for full forward line players, I, I'm backing you here. You'll get an opportunity, unless you completely shit the togs and I have to take you off, I'm going to back you for the majority of it. And that's... McStay has kind of had that and he's got Killian O'Connor there now. I know Killian was injured at, at the weekend and Tommy Conroy but mm-hmm. it seems to be if you were saying if Mayo make an All-Ireland final what will the full forward line be in at the end of July it'll be Ryan O'Donoghue Aidan O'Shea and James Carr yeah. and that, the confidence it allows those forwards to just relax a little bit yeah. in their play and that's a brilliant there's a beautiful place to be if you're in the full forward line yeah 100% and obviously like for McStay to be Back in Carr, Carr is obviously showing it to him as well, and he's kind of producing oh, across yeah. the league. So it works both ways. Both as well. ways. Yeah, yeah. Paddy, before we take a break and come back with a bit on the Talton Cup and looking ahead to next weekend, can I get your uh, short report card from Galway to Rome? Give me something. <laughs> Nothing happened in this game. Nothing happened. The weather like, was awful. That's about it. The weather it. was awful. The red card changed the game, but it was deserved, wasn't it? The red card? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Fergal yeah. Logan was very careful with his words. Not illegal, illegal <laughs> what, does speak. Fer, what, what does Fergal Logan do for a living? 
solicitor, legal ah, so he runs a firm. Yeah. He actually t- he took a statement out of his pocket when he was answering that question. <laughs> it was absolutely... He was reading off a teleprompter. Um, now, look, these hits, uh, Goff, your mate Goff was refereeing Jimmy as well, so you kind of knew when this hit happened mm. that Frank Burns was, was gone. <laughs> but um, shoulder to shoulder was fine. I'm all for that physicality in the game. I've given those hits, I've gotten those hits, that's fine. But this one where you're lining a guy up and he's not looking at you, they are so dangerous. If you get it wrong by half a second, the other player is in serious jeopardy. And, and that's what we've seen at the weekend. Jacqueline had to go off. There was blood coming out of his mouth. Um, I'm not sure if there was a HIR. And we, we didn't really get anything from, from the Galway camp after the match. But Frank Burns knows himself. You can see the reaction straight away. And it's just, there's a temptation, like a tradition that I'm going to line this guy up and I'm going to hit him. But you mistimed that at all. The guy is in serious danger. And I think those tackles should be outlawed. Like that's when you're lining up, but you can't. You're being blindsided. It's just too dangerous, um, and people give out about that. I, I was on the end of one of them. It's a bad, bad injury to get. Yeah, and I don't think, I don't think they could have massive complaints about that. But it did change the game. Tyrone, I thought were, were moving okay. They were like the Galway defensive structure in the first half was really good. John Daly and Sean Kelly. Did Tyrone hop into Galway the way Mayo hopped into Kerry from the straight from the off? Yeah, it was very difficult time because the, the conditions, okay. like the skill, the ball was, lads were slipping everywhere, the ball was slipping everywhere. But Tyrone were struggling a bit to break that down. They get one brilliant score. Conkle Patrick, lads, is back to, he's some athlete, he's back to the, the form he was showing when he won the All-Ireland. Puts a beautiful pass into McCurry, crossfield, cuts out the Galway yes. defence, and McCurry nails it, and they're thinking, Tyrone. Very, like we've seen this in the first half against Monaghan from Tyrone. There's a sharpness there. But conditions, Derek Hanavan never really got into the game. That hurt Tyrone. Um, Galway's defensive system is really, really strong. They're, they're just well set. They're going to be hard to break down. And the positive from their side, Shane Walsh was in the game. It wasn't a 10-point from play job. It was No one was going to have that type of impact. But he was in the game. He was getting on the ball. He gets two or three points. Mm-hmm. They need that from him. I think he needed that himself. Yeah, after a really... It's not like he was playing poorly. He was just not in the game at all in any of the college championship matches. So he needed a performance and they got it. The red card happens and the second half, Tyrone, to be fair, they kind of stick at it. They get a couple of nice scores, Moyle or Peter Hart and Galway. Galway were very passive in the second half, but they, you got the sense that they knew if we don't get to see the goal here, we're going to win this game. And that's how it transpired. Uh, big leadership, Paul Conroy, I think they talk about got man of the match. It was very difficult to pick a man of the match, but as as Tyrone were kind of clinging on and trying to make inroads, Conroy steps up with a massive score for his left foot. Comer, who's very quiet, steps up with a massive score Big at the score. end. Yeah. It's a lot of boxes ticked for Galway again in terms of managing a game and getting key contributions from their main players. And yeah. if you look to other all Ireland contenders from the weekend, like Kerry. They didn't get key contributions from their main contenders, or for them from their main players. So, a disappointing game considering the conditions kind of ruined it and the red card. I was hoping to see a really ding dong battle between two teams. But Throne will have a say in the All Ireland. They will be a difficult team for for teams to play against. And Galway, Galway will top that group, um, and they're motoring along very, very yeah. nicely. They will be hard to break down for anyone. I think if someone's going to win the All-Ireland, I think they'll have to beat Galway along the way. Yeah, I think Galway are my favourites for it as well. Because of that that game management piece, where yeah. no matter what kind of game it is, they can play an open 
kicking, attractive game, mm-hmm. and it can be high scoring. They can do that, or they can do what they did the weekend, where just do enough. The other team are obviously down to fourteen. It's wet. It's it's horrible conditions. They can just do enough, or they can win with style. And if you think back to a couple of the games last year, which I'm sure they're going to bring into their game this year as it goes on, they were wasting time. They were getting head injuries. They were doing a cynical fouling. That's all part of it. That's building a team and building a culture. So I think they're going to be in the mix big style. They're very strong, Jimmy. And that, that's, like I say, it wasn't their best work, but it was like, we're going to manage this result. And once the yeah. red card happened, no matter what Tyrone were going to do, really, it was like, God, we're going to keep them at arm's length. And they, they have, I agree, they have that balance between we can be horrible bastards, but we've got yeah. X Factor as well. We've got yeah. guys who can, when we need it, and as say, Matty Tierney pops in with a big score. He's quiet around. Killy McDade. Killy McDade as well. Yeah. Like, he's back. He's back from injury. He's flying it. Um, they got a little, Ian Burke got a little knock. They brought in Rob Finity for him. Looked like a bit of a, a collision with Ronan McAmey hurt his ankle. But everything we said about Galway last year, what did they need to layer on? They needed a bit more depth. They needed that experience from losing in All-Ireland. They've got all of that. And they... Like, if you're looking now, it's still early in the season. We still have two months to go. They have to be as a front runner for this thing. Yeah. You Most boys sure. must have been listening to my last episode of the Power Rankings. I hadn't oh. put them in first, but I, I said Galway at the moment were my favourites for the oh. All Ireland. So we're all on the same page on the football pod, which is interesting at this stage. But a lot can change. Um, just a bit of breaking news. Oh. Uh, Cork versus Kerry Saturday week is on GA Go from 3. Ah! Where is it on? Crow Park? Uh, no, I don't know. And I, Tyrone, better do, I better do a weekend of overtime at work, try and get it. Tyrone and Armagh <laughs> is actually going to be on RTE on Saturday. So RTE are taking a Saturday game. What? Uh, that wasn't part of the there. deal. <laughs> RTE is stealing Saturday games and it's a joke. So is it Parky Weaver Park you're in? No word on that so yet. Is this I'll, I'll let you know. Saturday, June 3rd. Saturday... Bank holiday weekend. Yeah, Saturday being Saturday. Kerry is on GA Go. Oh, am I right in saying are Dublin playing Kildare in Nolan Park that day as well? There. That's also the old yeah. decision. That could decision be on GA Go. I haven't seen the full confirmation. And Toronto, man, that day I will as well. update you. Good day of football. Tyrone Armad, that's oh, gonna be yeah. that's gonna be a cracker. Too many games. Yeah. Too many games, man. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to start meaning more and more there, as it goes on too. Um, are there time, throwing times there? Uh, Cork area is three. I haven't seen the oh, Tyrone or Matt throwing time yet. 5.15. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm desperately looking for the email we'll here. We'll be on the from the later match. Trying to find. So we'll be in Kilkenny for Dublin Kildare. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Live production calls and GA go happen. Run the blower here to the lads. Danger. Danger Croker. Two... Two other games in the All Ireland Round Robin series this weekend. I have the times here. If you want to. Go for it. Kerry Cork three, Kildare Dublin five, Westmead Galway five, Tyrone Armagh seven. That's Saturday oh. week, yeah. Where yeah. June the third. Okay. Tommy, so. if you need any other information, just give me a shout there and I'll get a fit. He's scrambling there. He's rattled. He's hung over from being an Ennis yesterday. <laughs> Hanging out with all the hurlers. Like. <laughs> How many point yeah. bottles? Did you hit double so, figures? Oh, I had a fair few point bottles. I was back, yeah, the cider again. These boys yeah. did that to me down at Clare. Funny day, you need to know. Five years. Clamell, Chardonnay. We had the cans on the golf course, so, yeah. Enough of that. Uh, Clare 
very disappointing defeat to a Donegal side. There was going to be nothing in this coming down the road, but Clare yeah. were installed as favourites. Donegal, I had made the point last week, was sort of a free shot, and Clare started far better. They were 6-2 yeah. up at one stage. They missed the goal chance. Murphy was sweating beside and me, lads. Donegal he was looking at Twitter. He's like, head and hands. Yeah. thought Donegal were yeah. yeah, they mm. they clawed their Big way win. back into it, Donegal, though. And in the second half, their shooters, yeah. Karen Thompson's left foot, and Oshin Gallen, who is a supremely talented full forward, I don't think we've seen the best of yet, and started, kicked four big points in the second half, had a poor first half. So, Donegal have won that game. Clare go on to face Monaghan away in their next game in two weeks' time. Um, Donegal will be taking on Derry away. Monaghan Derry this weekend is the Derry's opener in the All Ireland group. So, Paddy, you'll be at that. So, we'll get the report yeah. next week after that. The other game this weekend, lads, <laughs> Glenn Ryan was perplexed was at full time for how Kildare managed to. Uh, throw away a three-point lead late on against Sligo. This was a really close game, uh, point for point throughout. And at the start of the second half, Niall Murphy, I'm very surprised he didn't get the hometown rule. I don't, I don't know if you saw the umpires here. Umpires Jimmy, didn't know what was going on. Murphy kicks a point on over the, the umpires, bar. Umpires look what at each age, other. The umpires? <laughs> I have no comment on the age. I'm not an ageist <laughs> like you. That is harsh, Jimmy. Uh, you're better than that. But Niall Murphy <laughs> kicks an absolute worldy. <laughs> From about 50 yards in injury time, and David Quinn hits the equaliser late, late on, 77 minutes, I think. I think there's another two minutes injury time played by Joe McQuillan. So that's I actually have another thing to point. say about, about umpires, <laughs> Tommy, before you go. Off. Go for it, James. <laughs> Wind them up, tear it up. <laughs> They're standing in the worst possible place to judge if the ball is going over the bar. Agreed. Agreed. What is like, the optimum position? Back of the stand. That's debatable. But underneath yeah, the post, hard. you have no chance. Fair enough, that's a good, good place to be for a square ball, maybe. Or if the ball has gone over the line. Those kind of decisions. But there should be an umpire somewhere else as well to judge. Are they not if restricted, the gone though, over by the no, defence? No, have got to fix that. Showbiz. We need, we need more. Todd Bowley would fix this. A roaming umpire. I like that. No, I know. He's going, maybe. How often do we game. see it though? How often do we see it? the ball kind of goes over, kind of, oh, maybe over the bar, maybe over the post? The I'm two umpires look at each other, yeah. they both shrug. They point. And it's like, what is the point in that role if, if they're, if they're no, setting up place? Uh, high up yeah. at the back of the stand, so look, if it's a mark, even, okay, it's not all Crow Park, but any ground where there's a terrace behind the goal, you just, you at least give yourself a chance. Have a guy back there, have him mic'd up or something. Because you're right, you're standing literally staring straight up. You are having a prayer of seeing if that ball's going over the bar or not. And it's because um, I've done that. I've done that at, at games that even you will be underage games and, and games yeah. are not playing. You'll be on your phone. You'll at, be on Twitter. As I'm looking button. up at the post. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever caused war as an umpire? No, 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 no. I always give it to the home team. Get out of touch. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was surprised by. The umpires didn't give it to the home team. But anyways, Sligo got their draw. So that's going to be a really interesting... It's a great result uh, for Sligo. Race to, to be see who finishes second and third. It's an unbelievable result. Yeah, huge result. Unbelievable. And they're on a crest of a wave there. So we're coming back after break and we're going to have a look at the Talchon Cup and we're going to look at next weekend's games as well. So you are listening to episode 21 of the Football Pod brought to you every week with thanks to AIB. Proud sponsor of the Senior Football Championship. James, check out... Hashtag the toughest for more. We're back after this. <laughs> Boom. All right, you're very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Another DM, lads, from Jerry O'Leary. 
Lads, you had a listener in Mumbai last week on the pod. That was me, Jerry from Kerry. I'll be in Doha next Monday for your next podcast, and I'm looking forward to the Kerry post-match analysis. Uh, thank God it's not knockout. Phew. Lethargic from Kerry for sure. In your next pod, can you kindly explain what happens after the round robin? Who plays who next? Big thanks. We're going to have four group winners, Jerry, and they're going to go straight into the All-Ireland quarterfinals. And then we're going to have the four second-place teams get home advantage in a preliminary round quarterfinal against the four third-place teams. And that's how it's matching up in the All-Ireland uh, round robin. And then the quarterfinal winners will obviously play the winners of the preliminary quarterfinal. So um, we'll obviously keep you updated as, as the weeks go on. We won't know really until the next weeks or the, the next couple of rounds till that starts to take shape. In the Talchon Cup, uh, it's a similar setup, except New York are already into the preliminary round. So it's the three best third-place teams that'll get through. So one of the third-place teams... Question T, has, anyone from, Look has like, anyone from New York yes, come on to us to invite us over for a road trip? Mm, mm, I'm, We're over for open, business, baby. Last, last summer, we obviously came very close and then there was a visa problem for... Uh, who had a, I can't remember who had a visa problem last year. Something mm. fell through at the last minute. Uh, but yeah... So, Talchon Cup boys this weekend. Calvin got the job done against London, 18 points to 2 6. Limerick, who are yeah. performing well ever since they turned it around after um, Ray Dempsey left as manager and Mark Fitzgerald took over, mm-hmm. 119 to 14 points win against Carlow. They're already through to the quarter final. Longford with one of the performances of the weekend, 317 to 2 9 against Wicklow. Wicklow, it looks like they may not make it through yeah. to the Premier League quarterfinals after such a positive league campaign. So that's tough, and Oshie McConville's charges have had a tough uh, couple of weeks in there. Uh, Leitrim have lost 2 7 to 1 19 to Fermanagh. Uh, James, we had an eye on the goal with her own game, and we were, we were chatting at the time. And next thing, Leitrim scored 2 1 at the start of the second half. Looked like they might put it back. They didn't have their star man, Keith Byrne. Um, I think they, they made a call that. A big game, winner takes all against Wexford in the last round. Uh, they're up against the Division 2 side, really, in Fermanagh. So I think Keith Byrne was held back for that reason, and they're hoping to have him back for the next game. I'm not sure if you saw the moment of magic. We actually saw a theme of this over the weekend. Sean Quigley getting a free out on the sideline, about 20 yards out, plays a cross-field ball, similar to what Paul Ganey did, James, to set up the, the Clifford chance at the weekend. Plays a cross-field ball from the free, and... Uh, for Man to get their first goal from it. It was a little moment of genius. We saw Joe Hagan do it for Longford, put in Dylan Farrell for a goal, took a quick free, played him in, and we saw Ryan O'Donoghue take a quick mark to put Dermot O'Connor through. Is that something that you would have gotten trouble for, James, if you did that in a match? Or were you no, facilitated geez, the back the of mo- you saw? Well, <laughs> once it comes off, any decision any decision you make is the right decision if there's a score come out of it. But I remember mm. Gooch took a quick free in the 2015 Munster final and we got a, a go- Dan. He got a goal off it, and it w- wasn't even on. Do you know it was a it was a handy tap over point, and he took a quick free, and it was just such a lift to the team. Like an, an unexpected goal like that is a massive boost. That was probably what, what Ron Nogara was on about that time that he was in with us. Was the do those kind of set plays that are out of the ordinary because anything unexpected has a far greater chance of coming off than something that's, yeah. that's just bog standard. I'm playing in Cratlow at the minute down in Clare and uh, a couple of years ago in Championship Cahill McInerney would have won an All-Ireland title with the Hurlers in 2013 had a kind of 20 yard free and he just sauntered up to it and rattled it into the bottom of the bottom corner and I, you can just see any time <laughs> he has a 14 yard free now in Clare football everyone is 
it's terrifying when you've got the loaded. Like, yeah, yeah, they're all getting back to the setup. So, um, yeah, those little moments of genius. You, you love seeing that. And Quigley, that was nearly the difference in that game. You could just see it. A fella like that just tuned in, picking out a man at the back post with a lovely little crossfield ball. And, yeah, but as much really as that's Quigley and, say, Gooch had ever been tuned in, it's, it's not a good sign yes. of the defending team when they're caught with that. It means you're okay. not. It means you're not tuned in 100. percent It means you're not ready. Yeah. And to switch off, and for to cost you a goal, it's, the management must be absolutely yeah. pulling their hair out of things like that. Yeah, you know, yeah. just but that Kerry one where Ryan O'Donoghue took the quick mark. He won a great mark, and everyone just, geez, that was a great catch, mm-hmm. and just left him off. And next thing, the ball's one on one. Crazy stuff. Jeremy O'Connor jogs by him really slowly. And I was wondering, we obviously can't hear it, but I just wondered, did he give him a little shout, pop it over? And he just he sprints into space, nobody follows yeah. him, all on his own. The other results in the Thatcher Cup this weekend, Antrim have quietly continued yeah. their strong season. They were unlucky in Division 3. They lost a lot of games by a point. They've won their second game now, they're top of that table. They've got Wexford by 2.15 to 14. And as I mentioned, in the last game, in two weeks' time, Wexford and Leitrim, the winners of that, should go into the Premier League quarterfinals. Waterford put 114 up on Mead. Uh, Mead put away 317. They found it hard to shake off Waterford and Fraher Field. And you could just see, you could see some of the Waterford fans after the game as well. They, they were heartened and disheartened at the same time. They were upset, I think, a couple of decisions going against their way in that game. Um, there was a feeling, I think, that the bigger team were Ooh. getting the calls that day. So Waterford Tipperary, keep an eye out on this one. I know they met in the Munster Championship already, but Tip are just having a tough time of it all together. 2.18 to 6-point defeat to down. They're struggling to stay in games and uh, Waterford must be getting confidence. Derek Corcoran kicked a, a hit of points that day as well So against Mead. So Waterford are in a bit of confidence. Leach and Offaly drew. Leach were 6 points up and it finally looked like Billy Sheen's team were going to get that win, that bit of confidence that they needed. And this Offaly team, lads, there's something about them this year. Pulled it out of the fire and uh, came back to draw that game. So that was a cracker as well. So some cracking ties this weekend in the Tatchin Cup and I'm definitely looking forward obviously as a Mead man to seeing Mead oh. against Down in two weeks I think that'll back be back to the 90s game. the glory days hopefully it, yes hopefully it'll be live on do you know one thing about the about the Tatchin Cup is I read in the paper that a couple of the Afi lads are going to the States mm. Jack, Jack Bryant I think and one yeah, of the other lads like, as well yeah that that doesn't do the Tatchin Cup any good do you know if we're letting fellas go to the States to play a different competition like the Celtic Cup is huge you know for those teams there's not there's not that much of it happening James and in previous years this would have happened anyways if your team was in the qualifiers like it's fair enough with Offaly it's happening but if you're on an inter-county squad you actually can't go out until um, I think there's a technicality you can't go to America or play in America until your county is out so I yeah. think the lads have to drop off the panel altogether we haven't seen how, are, how are the lads getting away with it are the lads it dropping themselves off the panel I think they drop. I think they they were dropped oh, off the panel altogether. So the coach dropped them. They can go over a bit earlier. I think so. Okay. I think so. That's yeah, fair. I think that's if, you get bullet, if you get the bullet, Jimmy, if you get the bullet, I'm fully sure. Of course, that that is definitely for fair game. But I mean, it, it's not great for the integrity of the competition no, if fellas are bowing out and saying, "Look, we're out of the championship, and we're we're going away. We're not going to play a Talton Cup." Yeah, I think that's I what think I'm saying. Be a bit something maybe keep an eye on. The lads may have said they were going, and that's why they were dropped. So I like um, I don't like that. There's no much that happened, though, that. Yeah, it's an interesting one. But anyways, some cracking games to keep an eye out on. We'll preview some of them uh, next week. Um, Waterford Mead, uh, Waterford Tip, I think, will be a big one. Wexford Leitrim, 
and the other one down in Mead should be great games as well as Antrim for Man as well in that last one so uh, that's shaping up well um, this weekend lads there are four All-Ireland round robin games James what are you looking forward to out of these four <laughs> uh, what's catching the eye I'm looking forward to Cork and Lode are you um, are you I am I am I want to see what Cork are about I think that both teams both teams would have definitely Cork would have taken a little bit of uh, a boost when Kerry were beaten because if Cork can beat Lode they're going to be hosting Kerry with Kerry being down the dumps and Cork being on the up and a home game against Kerry they'll always look forward to anyway so I want to see how Cork deal with Lowe's it's another huge game for them and every time there's been a big game for Cork this year they've just let themselves down they haven't been able to rise to it in both National League and in Championship against Clare they have another chance now to beat Lowe's and if they do win it they're probably guaranteed the third place whoever whoever wins that game will, will probably come at least third yeah. and Cork have Brian Hurley back we're hearing that he's going to play he's going to be a massive addition um, so that's the game I'm looking forward to because it has the most on the line I think and it's it's not even in load Cork they're after getting the biggest stroke luck of all time it's going to be played in Navin so well, Loud aren't even getting the, the whole tough. venue Loud have a good record in Park Talton Loud have a good record in Park Talton and just to note this game finished last year in the qualifiers Cork 2-12 Loud 2-8 Loud had absolutely everybody behind the ball that day. Their game plan, their style of play has progressed a lot. Oh yeah, they're not doing that anymore. Yeah, they're kicking. They're kicking a lot of points, and they're they're almost yeah. more open at the back. John, you know, they're not they're not committing bodies to defence, which is interesting. And Cork, Cork defensively, we're, we're asking questions constantly, and there's definitely going to be room there for for Loud to pick off scores. But it's all about how Cork play up front. Are they going to keep running the ball into? into a physical low team or are they going to move it fast with the foot that's that's what's going to come down to but I'm looking forward to I think it'll be a good game like that was a bad Leinster final for now like there's no two ways about it brilliant progress for them year to date really competitive in Division 2 get to a Leinster final and to be beaten out the gate that is what's the reaction from Mickey Hart and his team there that they didn't do themselves justice in that final I'd expect a big performance from them in Navin, there'd be a massive, loud crowd there. Um, and as big as a game it is for Cork, it's a massive game for Loud as well. Like I agree, I think there's so much riding on this one. Whoever wins it is more or less condemning the other team to the bottom of the group, I feel. Um, it, it's it's not knockout, but it's not far off it. And I, I, I'm intrigued to see, do Loud possibly go back towards being a little bit more solid in defence, try and be a little bit more conservative after the beating they got off Dublin? Or do they double down and go after Cork? I, I'd expect Loud to win this one, I have to say, even though their Leinster final was poor. Mm. But uh, I do agree. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game because there's so much riding on it. I don't think yeah. that Loud have to, to change much. Like. It's not like Cork are, are playing this outrageous brand of football that's going to put them If you get a beating like that, it kind of puts doubts in. You might think, Jesus, do we need to... It does, but I think they need to be strong and stick with what they're at because they're on, they're on the right trajectory. The only thing is, and we've seen it over the last 10 years, any team that loses a provincial final, their next game is an absolute lottery. No matter who you're playing, it's hard to get, to get back up and at it straight away after, after a loss like that. and A, a pretty embarrassing de- defeat for Lode, really, even though it was an expected loss. 
but still it's hard to get back on the wagon straight away and get and grind out a win so it, i think it's very 50 50 yeah this game obviously um cork were well in control in the first half in rd in, in the league that a man sent off and loud pulled away and uh won by three points one ten to ten so it's going to be tight either way paddy you're covering you're up in celtic park for Derry Monaghan on Saturday afternoon <laughs> best of luck with that and then are you covering Dublin or coming for off the ball on Sunday yeah. okay so like what like Dublin or Scotland, you would, would have always treated this as a <laughs> nice game throughout your <laughs> playing career you'd have always enjoyed playing the Rossies do you think Davy Burks or Scotland are going to be different so, coming yeah. into Park this so. weekend yeah. given what we've seen definitely I, I have been impressed with what Roscommon have done year to date the job Davy Burke Mark McHugh the management team have done they're harder to play against. I think their signature performance was obviously that win against Mayo and Castlebar and how they managed the game. Um, I think this will be a good game. I think it's the best game quality-wise of the weekend, I feel. Mm. I think Derry will beat Manning comfortably. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. Okay. This is the second time I'm watching Derry Manning. This. We only watched this game three weeks ago and Derry absolutely <laughs> hopped off them up in, in Oma. Um, so expect that the same. We've Armagh, Westmead, another classic. Uh, I think Armagh with that one pretty comfortably as well that's up in the athletic mm-hmm. grounds and um, Westmead just haven't yeah. been at the races this season it's been underwhelming for them and I think Armagh after the Ulster final I agree with Jimmy yeah it's the difficult defeat to take when you lose a provincial final particularly in the manner Armagh lost obviously on penalties but uh, like you'd expect they'll have too much for Westmead I think both those games on Saturday I think it'd be Derry and Armagh victories I think Dublin will win this game in Crow Park um, but I think Roscommon will make it very difficult. And a good thing from Dublin's perspective, I think Roscommon's forwards will ask serious questions of that defence. Um, but I, I still think I still think Dublin will have too much for Roscommon. Okay. I think Roscommon will rattle Dublin. I I think they'll they'll definitely yeah, put in a, a solid hour. Yeah. I do. I think I that they're. I think they're having a great year. Dublin are after coming in at playing lower quality teams constantly for the last eight or five months, I don't think they're prepped yet. This is the time if anyone's going to catch them, beat them now. I think Roscommon will have their eye on it. Um, the other two games, yeah, I agree. I think I fancy Derry strongly and Armagh strongly. And if there's going to be an upset this week, I think Ooh. I think it's Roscommon. I'm not um. saying that they're, they're favourites or anything, but there's definitely an opportunity to get at Dublin there. I hope I hope we see a game. Oh, I, I, think will, I think it will be a good game. Definitely question. Yeah, it'll be great because it'll leave this bloody all Ireland even more open if the Dubs <laughs> have a couple of questions to answer once more uh, this Sunday. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see. Last one, lads. This is going to be very short, but I'm not sure if you saw the announcement that there's going to be a trial in the Freshers football competition this what? year with a couple of rules. So the worst thing I've ever heard spit, huh? in the world ever. So. The second rule is that uh, set plays, so sidelines, marks, free kicks, uh, in between both 20 metres, so the yeah. the, the middle uh, 100 metres of the pitch, can't be played backwards. So that's yeah, one trial. Anyway. Um, and the other trial is the kick out in football has to travel outside the 40 metre yeah. line. Before. Okay. So where where is everyone going to go? They're going to set up their press 50 yards out. Exactly, everyone is going to be in the same area. I think that is that is that is if anything, it's gonna it's gonna unless you actually couple it up with keeping um, players in certain positions for the kickout, it's only going to make it 
ridiculous. Twenty eight players. Say you're, there's not, you're yeah, yeah. exactly. But the full forward line aren't going to just stand inside there if they know the ball isn't going to go short. I actually, they're I going like, to go out to compete. There's going to be thirty players in the space of twenty meters. I like this because he can just stand there, which is great. <laughs> Could have that done with true. that for a few years in my career. That'd be lovely. Get a breather. But uh, yeah. that's a terrible rule. Matty Donnelly had a free. It was just after Morgan of the black card as well. to throw it out to 13. <laughs> Peter Hart's in goal. We're all going to free around the middle. And Matty Donnelly just gets the ball. And he's looking around. There's no one there. He just goes, fuck this. And he launches one into the air. And there's like no one near it. Like It's just like head and hands. It was, there was a man who was just fed up. <laughs> like, I'm just pissing rain. I'm freezing cold. We're getting Stick hopped off here. We've no players left. I'm just launching this. So, uh, yeah. For okay. for the sideline going backwards, what are the two pitch 21. positions again? In between, between the between the two twenties. Between the so 20s, the whole yeah. a whole pitch apart from the twenty one. Yeah, inside the twenty one. There'll probably be a lot more sidelines being taken on for Is shots there because the yeah. probably it's because it's probably worth it. Like. Yeah. yeah, that's not as bad as the kickout one. The kickout one is a farce. But I feel like the kick-out one has kind of corrected itself because we've seen so many more teams now employ a long press. And we saw Kerry employ the press against Mayo and they suffered as a result of it. They got caught because Mayo could go long and win But the long, reason you, know? you, you go long is because the opposition yeah, think you might go short. This rules out any possibility of chance that you could go short. You yeah, have to go long. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's, let's leave it. Uh, <laughs> and we might come back to that. We definitely won't come back to that. That's got to be a so. shambles. <laughs> I actually uh, I enjoyed this week once more Paddy you did the microwave so we better go here and let you, you get shambles it. here like, Jesus Christ this is this is showbiz enjoy the fellas uh, enjoy your week we will catch up next weekend Paddy yeah, Andrews you've got wait. a busy weekend Yeah, James did you get a couple of minutes of the weekend I did 15 kicked and it you- beautiful wide yeah uh, yeah we drew came through it okay yeah bit tentative alright I was like how is it it's pure mental the whole hamstring so it feels good I'm back third now gear, so happy, That's all you need. happy to hear never get out of third gear on the loop clip a few spinners yeah yeah good to hear you're back Paddy be Thanks, good Tom. this week James you mind yourself and we'll catch up next week au revoir see you later